Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So Billy and Mikey A. have left me to my own devices here on Stupidity. Uh, they will join me in just a minute for an interview we're going to do. I'll tell you about that in just a second. Uh, they will not join me for this open. I have no idea why. Um, but they're not here. So listen, we are going to speak to Anne Ligori, who has written a book, Life on the Green, Lessons and Wisdom from Legends of Golf. Now, if you listen to me regularly and this show, you know that I don't love a lot of things. But two things I do love are WFAN and golf. So Anne Ligori has written a book on golf, and she also hosts a Sunday show, golf show, which she has for a long time now, on WFAN. And that's how I knew the name. And Billy and Mikey think I'm a dork because I love things, all things, uh, WFAN. Top five things that I love. Number five, Dead and Company. Number four, Cannabis. Number three, Golf. Number two, golfing while on cannabis. Wait a second. I'm going to leave out my family. All right. Number four, cannabis. Number three, golf. Number two, WFAN. And number one, my family. How about that? It's a good list. So anyway, Anne Ligori is, like myself, is an author. Uh, Check out my book at uh, stugatsbook.com, my personal record book. We have finally done it, my personal record book. Uh, We're just waiting for Billy to write his chapter. Anyway, uh, Life on the Green, Lessons and Wisdom from Legends of Golf, written by Anne Ligori. It's available on pre-sale right now, wherever you get your books. Uh, Go check it out. She is great. Uh, It seems like a really interesting book. I'm looking forward to speaking with Anne about this book. Uh, Billy and Mikey, yeah, you're going to join me uh, because they could help me do a three-minute open. So uh, anyway, I love both of them, and I love – well, no, I don't. They're not my top five. They should have been. All right. Uh, OLI, uh, number one, Billy, number two, Mikey, yeah. How about that? I got everyone in. Anyway, Life on the Green, Lessons and Wisdom from Legends of Golf. Anne Ligori is the author. She is also a host on WFAN. And I am looking very forward, very much forward to speaking with her about her new book. couple of authors cutting it up. Here we go. Stu Gatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So... What is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. I have been enjoying ice-cold Miller Lights for as long as I can remember. In fact, I enjoyed some over the weekend. As the Knicks beat the Sixers in advance of the second round, me and my friends, we sat around, we celebrated. With ice-cold Miller Lights, what did we do? We made fun of Joel Embiid. Ah, I love it, the Knicks. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew 
or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. I see your Jets logo back there. Awesome. Uh, all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> you friends are a bunch of Jet fans. Yes, I am. Long Actually, let's far. start right there, Ann. What is so awesome about Mikey A having a Jets logo? There's nothing awesome about it. I've been a fan yeah. of this team for 40 years. All they do is create misery for me. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm you know, I'm half half the time in New York, half the time in Florida, so I have to listen to all the Jets banter on FAN, you know. Yeah. Nice. They were laughing at me. I think Billy was laughing at me because I'm such a dork. I'm such a uh, I'm such a WFAN groupie, a fan of WFAN that I actually knew that you had for many many years because I've listened to it a Sunday show in season on WFAN about golf, and they think yeah. I'm dorky. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's called Talking Golf. It resumes April seventh from from Augusta. Oh, so, but be- but before that, you know, I was on for twenty five years with that show. Hey, Lagoria, what's the story? I was the first woman to host a Colin sports show on the fan. And that show aired 25 straight years on the weekends. Wow. Trailblazer you are. Hey. You are. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> so a Suffolk is- County, and a Suffolk County Hall of Famer, correct? I can't. Yeah, right. I'm going in with Keith Hernandez, of all people. And I covered that World Series back in 86. I can't believe yeah. it. How do when I get I was, to the Nassau County Hall of Fame? I'm in the Nassau. I, I was. I grew up in Nassau County. Do they have a Nassau County Hall of Fame? I don't know. <laughs> Ann Ligori's book is Life on the Green, Lessons and Wisdom from Legends of Golf. Sat down with, with 12 uh, legendary golfers, and I'm very excited to speak to you. Uh, and let's start here, if you don't mind. Where did your love, where did your passion of golf come from? Wow. I was always very athletic when I was a kid, but I played every sport but golf. (laughs) I grew up in a little town called Brecksville, Ohio. And, you know, we played team sports. I played tennis. I played uh, basketball, volleyball. I ran track. But I didn't play golf until years later when I took it as a PE elective at University of South Florida in Tampa. And then when I had the show on the Golf Channel, I was the first woman to host this primetime show on the Golf Channel in the early days of the Golf Channel. I started getting all these great invitations to play golf, and I figured I better take some lessons so I know what I'm doing. And, you know, I was a good athlete as a young person, but golf, it's very humbling, as you know. I, I assume sure. you play, Stu, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's very <laughs> so you humbling. You can be a great you, you, athlete, you, you, but right. it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't I live on a golf course, and you think I'd be better. I mean... <laughs> We all do. I mean, but, right. you know, you look at all the great athletes, you know, Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky and, and Patrick Mahomes. They, they just they play, try to play golf. Tom Brady, you saw Tom Brady dribble the ball off the tee at the AT&T. I mean, they're humbled by golf. It's the most difficult sport of any. So I didn't start playing golf until I was in my 20s, pretty late, right. much later in life. So when you're hosting on the Golf Channel and you talked about some of the invitations you would get, what was the coolest, most unique invitation Anne Liguri received to play golf? Well, I played at the Bob Hope Classic years ago in the desert in California. That was awesome. Yogi Berra, back then, he hosted it and he'd drive around in his golf cart and said hello to everybody. And, you know, a lot. I played a lot of celebrity golf events, but I have to say my favorite golf destination is Ireland. I love the Emerald Isle. I love Lynx Golf. Uh, I get to go over there quite often, and um, I just love playing different courses. And there's something special about playing Lynx courses in Ireland, and the people over there are 
are very hospitable and very welcoming. So, um, but yeah, I get a lot of great invitations. I play in the BMW Charity Pro-Am every year, which is a corn fairy event in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And yeah, I'm an amateur golfer. I'm not a pro. I talk about the game, but right. you know, I'm very, I'm very humbled by golf, like, like most amateurs. Uh, the book is out on February 27th. You can pre-order right now, uh, wherever books are sold. Uh, Ann Ligori, the author, is with us. Why'd you write the book, Ann? Well, you know, I wanted to really write a book about, I wanted a positive book, you know, in this very divisive period in our sport, in golf, and in in, in other sports as well, and in our society overall, I wanted it to be very positive. So I came up with this idea with Hatherley Press, and the book is distributed by Penguin and Random House, but I wanted it to be positive, and I wanted it to kind of transcend golf. So I came up with this idea to, to interview 12 legends in golf, six men, six women. And I wanted to ask them what they learned from their iconic golf careers that they bring to their day-to-day -day life. And so it's really all about life wisdom. So, you know, Jack Nicklaus talks about integrity and sportsmanship and, and putting family first. And Padre Carrington, he was incredible. He talked about overcoming fear. I mean, here's a three-time major champion, and he says he still has fear every time he, he goes out on the golf course and tees it up. So he talked about how he overcomes that fear and, and how his mentality shifts if he's leading a tournament uh, to if he's behind a tournament and, you know, what's better for him. I mean, it's really great stuff, and diehard golfers, are gonna, I think, are going to learn a lot from these uh, legends because they share some things that you might not have heard before. Uh, that's interesting. So the mental part of the game is so important. The mental part of anything is so important, but what was his preference playing with the lead or playing from behind? He'd rather play from behind any day. Really? And if, he, and if he's ahead to, you know, on Sunday, he has to tell himself that he's behind in order to perform at his best. Because if he has a cushion of, say, a couple shots, even a one-shot lead, he has to convince himself that he's behind or he rarely will win a tournament. So it's kind of like reverse psychology for Padre Carrington. Just fascinating stuff psychologically. Was there a common life lesson? Amongst the 12 golfers you spoke to, was there, was there a commonality in terms of life lesson? Well, you know what's interesting is everybody came up with their own unique theme. And I didn't have to coach, you know, any of them on it. Donnie Pepper talks about preparation, how she has to prepare so much as a golfer and time management and how she does the same kind of preparation now in her career as a commentator for CBS Sports for golf. Um, Gary Player, 88 years young, talks about having passion for everything you do. I mean, who better to kind of promote that message than... Gary Player, who is, you know, I remember interviewing him for my TV show a couple of years ago, and, and I was doing sit-ups and push-ups with him in, in the house. <laughs> the guy <laughs> works out every day, right? Right. And so uh, everybody had a different theme, but, you know, I think the reoccurring themes, I mean, Annika Sorenstam talks about having patience. And, you know, as a golfer, you have to have patience, as you know, and how that transfers over to her now as a mom of two kids. You have to be very patient as as a mother so you know there are a whole bunch of themes that everybody can relate to that's why i think the book will basically be for everybody it's very inspirational 
very uplifting, enlightening, and the themes are very universal themes that we can all learn from and, and hopefully strive for. Uh, you also talked to these 12 golfers about what it took for them to become successful. So I'm interested in some of their answers. Well, let's see. Jack Nicklaus, uh, you know, he basically said that his focus was not just on golf, but his family. What were the keys to his success? Jack Nicklaus, obviously his focus and practice um, practice, practice, practice basically is a common theme amongst a lot of these legends. You have to put the time in. I mean, years ago, I mean, this is crazy. I was like in my 20s and I interviewed the great Ted Williams. Who It, it just reminded me of that when, you, when I said practice, 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 because I asked Ted Williams, the ba- he was in his 80s. And I said, what was the key to your success? And he said, and practice, practice, practice. And all the people that I had in this book uh, that I have in this book, a, you know, Life on the Green, Lessons and Wisdom from Legends of Golf. Um, they all really emphasized preparation and practice as the key to success. Work ethic. You have to put the work in. Uh, you can't take the shortcuts. Did you discuss with them, man, just how lonely, like the practicing part of it? It's an individual sport as opposed to a team sport. So you're literally practicing by yourself. Did you talk to them about the loneliness of golf? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and I think that's Dottie Pepper talked about, you know, balancing your life. Had she done it all over again, she told me that she, you know, wish she would have maybe spent less time practicing and and maybe more time doing other things at, sure. like that normal kids do, because it is a very solitary life. You're out there by yourself. You're you're putting in hours. She has a young person. You're you're missing with tournament schedules and practice schedules. You're missing out on a lot of things that, you know, that young people, um, you know, love to do a lot of social activities. And but, you know, when you make that commitment to pursue golf and you're at that level, you do miss a normal life. But most people love golf so much that I guess they, they, they you know, they will under they will deal with the sacrifices. So. Uh, but yeah, it is a very solitude, solitary life. And um, that's why, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young people may pick up the sport, but when they realize, you know, how focused you have to be and how devoted you have to be to it, they might not stick with it because right. it does take a lot of time and focus. And it's not like team sports where you're socializing with your friends all the time. Uh, we kind of glossed over Mikey A and Billy Gill because Mikey A is a Yankee fan. Billy Gill is just a baseball fan. And interviewed Ted Williams and also attended a golf event that was emceed by Yogi Berra. I mean, what? I know. That's like way before everybody's time, like even my time, right? But when I was in my 20s and 30s, I had this cable show that I hosted and produced called Sports Interview. And, you know, I was very young, but I was going after all these legends to guest on my show. And it aired on MSG Network. And it was I syndicated it all over the country. And boy, I had a lot of different guests on, not only baseball greats, but, you know, I had Jim Brown on, Bart Starr, I mean, Hank Aaron, Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, I got all these personalities to come on the show. That's when these legends would talk without, you know, giving you a hard time. I I mean, I'm sure if I tried to do the show nowadays, it'd be a lot harder to get this A-list of guests, right? They don't need us anymore, Ann. They don't need us. Exactly. Social media has changed all that, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was a, just an honor to talk to these incredible legends. And hopefully one day that will be 
a book, maybe my third book, where I can talk about the stories behind those stories because they were fascinating. This is why I love you. You're thinking about the next book before this book comes out. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. I mean, you wrote it for money. I mean, I just wrote a book. I wrote it for money. I mean. (laughs) No, I honestly, getting back to one of your earlier questions, I honestly wrote this book because these golf legends, they're multifaceted. They're all just very smart and very talented personalities on and off the course. They have a lot to say. And I think they can really teach young and old um, readers a lot, right? And you know what's going on in our sport right now with PJ Tour versus Liv, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's been very divisive the last couple of years, and this is really positive. So I didn't mention Liv hardly at all in the book. So there you go. What is the, I'll get to Liv in just a second because I want to get your thoughts on that, but what is the most valuable lesson you learned from speaking to these 12 golfers? Oh, another really good question. Um, You know, Amy Alcott really stressed being the captain of your own ship. Right. And Amy Alcott, she... She didn't have, she didn't come from a, a privileged family. She didn't come from a family of golfers. She, you know, she, like me, basically she just learned it on her own and um, she pursued it on her own. Her parents were very supportive, like my parents, you know, were, but uh, she was p- completely on her own and she became this legendary golfer. And um, I just think that's a really great lesson for everybody out there. Um, no matter what your background is, no matter, you know, what your economic status is or where you come from, you know, just dream big, right? Just go for it. Be the captain of your own ship and 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 set your goals. And if you work hard enough, you're going to accomplish them. Uh, and I love golf. I love to watch golf, uh, but I only care about the majors. I love to play golf more than I love to watch it, uh, but I only care about the four majors. So I am wondering, as someone who has covered this sport for a very long time and has access to all these golfers and cares about the sport, did the live stuff bother you at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It still bothers me. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't respect it enough to even watch it. I just think these guys sold out for the for the cash. Now, having said that, you know, the PJ Tour recently announced this deal with Strategic Sports Group, SSG, and SSG is going to invest $3 billion in the PJ Tour, and most of that money, from what we know, is going to go to the players. So it's all about money. It's all about business. So, you know, it's hard to criticize one over the other because when it comes right down to it, it's all a business, and it's really about the players making cash. I hope that they do things to grow the game as well. Right. <laughs> both both entities, but uh, you know, it's it's really about just trying. The PJ Tour is trying to keep their players from jumping over to live golf. So you know, they want to make sure that they're rewarding them for sticking around and and paying them so much money that they won't even consider jumping to live or any other entity that might come come a, a, around. Has it kind of kept you when you're watching the majors and tournaments? If Kepka's final round, are you kind of rooting against him now? Like, where where are you with that? I know you're Not a reporter, really. but where are you? Right. I've always loved Brooks Kepka. I mean, I've covered all his major wins, and you know, in the early days when he was winning the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills, and then and then you know at Shinnecock. I mean, he he wasn't as appreciated back then. Now people really appreciate him. So yeah, yeah. I I root for him. I like him a lot. Um, I just think, and I love that, you know, I'm going to go to my, I hate to say this, 26th uh, Masters <laughs> coming awesome. up in April. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But I just think he is a majors, 
you know, machine, right? He just, something clicks in his head when it comes to playing in these major championships. He just turns it up a notch. And I just love watching that. So even though I'm not crazy about live golf, I still love the players who went over there. I mean, John Rahm is incredible. You know, uh, I just love, you know, you know Sergio. These guys are, are just talented players. So I can't really criticize the players, although I, I hate the fact that they kind of went over there for all the cash. Uh, Bubba Watson's become a friend of the show here. He's been on with us three or four times over the uh, over the last four weeks, and uh, he told us he would give back one of his two green jackets for the Dolphins to win a Super Bowl. He's full of shit, right, Ann? <laughs> he's full of shit. I love Bubba. I've interviewed Bubba many times. He has a good heart. <laughs> but, right, but he's full of he shit. He is full of shit. <laughs> 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 that got a reaction out of you guys. I love it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right, it took that. It took it was, that. It wasn't Ted it. Williams. It wasn't Wilt Chamberlain. It was just that. Okay. I know. I have to I have to, you know, talk like a sailor to get to get Mike to smile a little bit. Hey Mike. <laughs> there Hi. You uh, well, don't talk about the Jets. That's never gonna get a smile. No, we will not talk about this. Um, what did you make of the 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 way the fans behaved at the waste management open over the weekend? I just think it's over the top. I mean, you know, the fact that they allow that. I know they cut off the alcohol, which thank God they did. It's just crazy, and right. a lot of the players got you know really upset with it. So I look, I'm I'm all for fans having fun. I've been to a lot of Ryder Cups where, you know, they really don't cut off the bar until it's almost too late as well. But um, yeah, I just think there there should be an extent to which the fans get crazy. And um, they, you know, most tournaments, the fans are very respectful and very, very knowledgeable. Um, but that got a little crazy. It got a little too out of hand for me. But the players in the tour, it's one time per year, right? And it's one hole, really. The players in the tour kind of contributed to that. Like they're they're kind of encouraging the fans because they're always talking about how much they love that one tournament every year because of how the fans act on that hole. Yeah, but I think it's carried carried over to other holes as well because yeah. there, there's so much alcohol and these guys are drinking from early, early morning. So I don't right. think it's just limited to that one spectacular hole, which it's a lot of fun to be there, but it gets crazy. And with all the rain and all the bad weather, Guys right. are just wiping out, and did you love the, all that social media? These guys sliding down the the mud hills. <laughs> it, was, it got to be crazy. So yeah, I just think it was a little over the top. Ann Liguori is with us. We'll get you out of here in just a second. Life on the Green: Lessons and Wisdom from Legends of Golf. It is out on February twenty seventh. It's available though right now. Uh, will Tiger win another major? I don't think he will. I mean, obviously, if he goes to the Masters, he knows that, of course, like the back of his hand and everybody wants to root for him. And, you know, he made the cut last year before he had to uh, withdraw due to the, the injury. Um, I, I would love to see him play well. I just don't think he's uh, I, I just don't think he's playing enough. And therefore, he might not be exactly sharp enough to beat the competition and all these guys who are, who are playing a lot of golf. I just, I'd love to see him win another one, but I just don't think he's, you know, he even said he's only coming back and maybe playing a month here, you know, once a month here and there. I know he's going to play the Genesis, his own tournament at Riviera, his own foundations tournament. I just don't think he can really play enough and practice enough. Now, watch me could be totally wrong and watch him win. Wouldn't that be an incredible story? So, uh, <laughs> I don't think so, but never count Tiger Woods out for sure. All right. Your dream round of golf. Who would you choose to play with? What course are you playing on? 
Wow. I mean, I've probably had a lot of those dream rounds. Um, all right. I'm a big Rush fan. So Alex Lifeson from Rush. Nice, right? <laughs> Neil we Pert. honored him at my charity tournament a couple of years ago in the Hamptons. Um, Alice Cooper, I love. Alice is cool. He plays a lot right. of golf. Yes, he does. So let's see. Alex Lifeson, Alice Cooper. Um, let me think. Who else? Uh, That's a pretty good start right there. Yeah. Um, let's get Annika Sorenstan in there because Annika is such um, a delight. She's a lovely person. And, and she, hey, let's face it. She's the best golfer of all those people that I named. So uh, by far. So we need a really good player. So I'd love to play with Annika and uh, and Alex Lifeson from Rush and Alice Cooper. That would be and what And what course are you choosing? Well, let's see. I love the courses on the East End of Long Island because I live there. Um, let's say we'll go to Maidstone, one of my favorite courses right out Ooh. there in East Hampton alongside the Atlantic Ocean. It's absolutely beautiful, very, very tough to get on. And we've had our tournament there a number of times. So I've had, enough, you know, I've had the opportunity to play it. Uh, but let's do Maidstone. That's just, it's just breathtaking. I'm in. Feel free to invite me anytime. I mean, Anytime, Stu. I'd like to get you out on the golf course. That would be a lot of fun. That we, we'll get Billy out there with his fake clubs in the background there anytime we have a golf guest on. <laughs> He's going to kill me. I know, we'll get He's Billy and Mike. I should have said, what about this foursome right here? Stu Thank and you. Billy and Mike? What did that be? I appreciate that. Let's do that. The problem is... How about Shinnecock? We'll get you out. I'll get a member of Shinnecock to host us. Wouldn't that be Done. fun? I mean, I'll, uh, maybe Augusta. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I guess it might be a little tough. I have played Augusta National three times the Monday after the Masters, but I was picked oh. in a lottery, a media oh. lottery, to be able to play it. So okay. I feel so grateful that I've been able to play it three times. But I just think it's a little more uh, not easy because all these private courses are so tough. But I do know since I, I live on the East End of Long Island, I do have a lot of friends who are members of these very private, exclusive courses. And it, it's, it's just a little easier for me to get them to – you know, do a favor by inviting myself and my friends. <laughs> we'll settle for Shinnecock. It's fine, Ann. <laughs> Thank you. I figured you'd have no problem with that if you if you know anything about golf. <laughs> you don't know us. Do you know how much we're going to embarrass you at Shinnecock? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Billy. What kind of clubs are those? Do I see back hey, there? Those, uh, I've, I've used them once. I, here's the thing, Ann, is that I'm very self-conscious about golfing. I've done some lessons. I did two, like, you know, eight-week courses where I was just kind of learning how to golf. But it was just at the range. And I was not confident at all in my abilities. And then I went golfing one time with Stugatz and some coworkers. And I quickly realized... Everyone's bad at golf, and I shouldn't have been so <laughs> self-conscious about this because everyone was terrible at it. He's golf-clapping you. Well, I spent all this time in my head thinking, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm going to hold everyone up. And I realized everyone's bad at it. Not a single person was great at it. Right. It's a very tough sport, and even those who have you know good handicaps, low handicaps, can have a really bad day. So you could be like a single-digit ha handicap and play like a – a 24 one day just because you, you know you, you suck that day you know? yeah so, right. it's just golf it's there's no rhyme or reason to it but uh yeah i mean hopefully you play more than once to get out in shinnecock you'd have to really practice up billy i'd yeah. have to say i'd want you to 
kind of be decent before we make that call. <laughs> I won't embarrass you. Don't worry. I'm fine no, staying behind to not embarrass you, Ann. Billy, Shinnecock <laughs> is so difficult. She's right. Let's let's start at a par three, okay? The four of us at a par three, and then we'll take it from there, okay? Hey, you know, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a book signing. Speaking of par threes, I'm doing a book signing on Saturday, March 9, at the par three course in Palm Beach. Awesome. And that's a great. Have you ever played that course? Yeah, it's that right on the ocean. It's, the ocean. it's yeah, it's the it's rated the number one par three course in America. It's right on the ocean up in West Palm Beach. It's beautiful. I played it several times. Yeah, yeah, it is a great course. So Billy, that would be a, that would be a great place to go. Meet me there on March 9th. We'll get out and play the par three. I from like ten it. To, write, from ten to one for the down. book signing. That'd be Billy, awesome. I wrote down three nine. So uh, like th- this is a good place for you to kind of start your golf adventure. Okay, it's yeah, a par I don't three. Have it's tough. It's difficult. My calendar's empty for March 9th at the moment. We're in. We're in. All right. We'll see you there. That'd be awesome. This is great. All right. On the way out here, and again, Ann Liguori with us. She uh, has a book out, Life on the Green, Lessons and Wisdoms from Legends of Golf. She spoke to 12 legendary golfers. It's available February 27th. You can pre-order right now. We play a game, okay? Shop for your life with basketball guys. You know, we talk, we have basketball guests on. I say, Bird, Jordan, shot for your life. Round for your life, Ann Ligori, meaning this person has to go out and shoot a low round. Otherwise, I'm sorry, your life is over, okay? So you have, here are your choices. Ready? Tiger or Jack, round for your life. Wow, okay. Yeah. As much as I love Jack Nicholas, I would say Tiger. Yeah, well, you're alive. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, I, look, Jack's in my book, yes. and I adore Jack Nicholas and I adore Barbara. You know, but I mean, you can't you can't ever vote against Tiger. I mean, Jack obviously has more major championships, but you know, Tiger just he's just unbelievable. And if he weren't injured, and a lot of those uh, things that happened physically were somewhat self-imposed right i mean he would just you just it's sad because you you really want to see how many more major championships he could have won he still could win as we talked about earlier but you got to go with tiger all right life on the green lessons and wisdom from legends of golf and Ligori, the author we appreciate the time good luck with the book we'll see you on march 9th okay i can't wait thanks so much that's a long drive for billy Stugatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot has changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste you want and less of the stuff you don't. What I love to do, what me and my friends do, when we're sitting around, we like to enjoy it with ice-cold Miller Lights. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.